You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red as we look ahead to the not at all terrifying prospect of Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest in the Premier League on Saturday. Joining me to discuss that, first of all, is Reds fan Mikey Clark. Mikey, consecutive appearances for you. How are you doing? Hello, good stuff. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Matt. Are you? You good? Uh, yeah, all right. Can't complain. Can't complain. And second guest today returning is Michael Temple. Temps, how are you? I am super. Thanks for asking. It's good to ask. How are you, raspberries? Delicious, mate. It's that time of year. They're in season. 30% extra free at the co-op. Nice little pick-me-up late morning before we get stuck into Forest Liverpool, like you say. So, yeah, I know you've had a few commenters that think you waffle too much at the start. So ask us a, ask us a probing question. <laughs> I don't want, I will in a minute. It's just that I really hate raspberries. That's why I asked. Cannot stand them at all. <laughs> right. Probing question number one. Uh, this isn't a probing question at all, but just general temps. How are you feeling? Is the phrase free hit in your mind? Or obviously the table dictates, I guess it's not, but can Forrest actually do, get anything from this? Yeah, it has to be. I think we we should go out um, with more attacking intent. We've seen far too many times now where we think we're going to strangle the opposition and, and some fortuitous circumstance will give us a 1-0 win. I think we've, we've got to force the issue now um, for Cooper to maintain um, the collective support, which he has at the minute. The reception he had at the weekend was uh, was fantastic. And I've definitely formed a, a view that those that are watching Forest and attending the games um, are far more behind him far, far far more firmly behind him than um the handful of you know keyboard warriors that that want him gone i think to maintain that between now and the end of the season whatever happens um he needs to be seen to be uh setting us up with with more positive attacking intent more willingness to to take chances and you know great debate with um uh, fletch and mikey and uh, Emily on, on Monday but yeah we do have to make ourselves more open to do that We've got to buy some raffle tickets and see what comes in so I am uh, positive in the in the sense that I can still see a route to survival without us beating Liverpool but wouldn't it be great to go up there and have a bit more of a go than we, than we have seen in recent weeks where we've been too flat on the road um, too defensively minded and um, yeah, patiently waiting for a, for a break that was never going to come with that type of setup. I hope we, uh, we we play more expansively and take far more risks this weekend. Good to see you calling people who want him on keyboard warriors, making friends early doors there. Yeah, I think you know what I mean. I think um, the 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 Cooper, the Cooper debate rumbles on, but mm. you know, twi- Twitter is just a, a group of people shouting down a well. I think where you really take the temperature is in the stadium. And everybody at the city ground at the weekend was was behind the manager and the team, and that's that's how it should be. True. Is that some pro Cooper Paul Smith you've got on there? I see. Who is it? Uh, I think I, I bought this before Steve Cooper even discovered the brand. So so yeah, he's uh, <laughs> I've inspired him on this one. Mikey, um, I guess I mean I, I said frightening prospects at the start, a little tongue in cheek, but then obviously Liverpool went to Leeds, took them apart completely the second game Leeds have lost heavily at home we don't need to mention the one before was against us but how are you feeling about this game are you completely terrified or are you you know in the camp of temps of maybe we can get something if we turn up and they have an off day I'm very much in the camp of, of, of temps I know everybody watched Liverpool on Monday um Rip Leeds a new one you know some of their 
attacking play on the transition was absolutely frightening, terrifying stuff. So I just think it's it, we're at a stage in the season now, if this was after 10 games, my answer would probably be different. And I'd probably be thinking, do you know what? Pick and choose the games where we think we can get maximum points from. Liverpool away is probably not one of them. Just read in the comments, we've not won there since 1969. Well, that's filled me with optimism. Thank you very much, Trevor wrote that. Um, but I just think now you're at a stage where there's, what, half a dozen, seven, eight games left, whatever it is, not, not that many, where that ship has sailed. We can't now pick and choose the games. We have to be more on the front foot. And if that includes going to Liverpool, playing a little bit more open, playing 10 yards further up the pitch, pressing them in their own half, don't expect, expect us to press like ridiculously high up, but certainly in their own half, with the fact that we may then concede more goals. I just think that's a risk we have to take. I think you've got to be realistic as well. You know, when we, when we look at teams later on, we could play a back five. We could sit off um, deep. We could invite them on. But how many chances are they going to have? And are, is, is anybody really going to give me the argument that they're not going to score in, in 100 or so minutes of football? Because uh, I don't buy it. I think our best chance of getting something out of this game is to almost turn up and take them by surprise. Be more aggressive. Um, try and get that first goal. And if we get that first goal, maybe we then, later on in the game, see if we can get something from the game, you know, be that a point or whatever. But I just think if we go there with a negative attitude that, you know, we've not won for years there, they've just stuck six past um, uh, Leeds, they stuck seven past Man United at home a few weeks ago. If we're going to go there and have our tummy tickles, there's, there's no point even going there. So, like I said, we're at the stage of the season now, we, we just need to be brave. And if that results in a 3-4-0 loss, then so be it. You know, that there are games at home where maybe we can get something out of the game. But what I don't want to see is just go there, not have a shot on target again, not try and press them, not even look like scoring and meekly lose 2-0 like we did at Villa. That's just, we, we just can't, we can't go for that now. We need to be more positive. And do you know what? Sometimes you have to buy a ticket to win the lottery. And who's to say we can't go there and beat them 1-0 or 2-1 Leeds went there and beat them? You know, they're not infallible Liverpool the way they were maybe a couple of seasons ago when they were rolling everybody over. It is going to be really difficult. But let's go there. Let's give the fans something to cheer for. And let's just have a go at them and just see what happens. And it's my birthday. So do you know what? I'm, I'm doing a good birthday present. So let's go there and beat them 1-0. Let's be positive. Have a go. I see it slightly differently to you guys from what you're saying. Like, I think Operation Go For It starts next week for me against Brighton at home. My worry is that we press too high up the pitch and Alexander-Arnold is just going to ping balls in behind Nico Williams and whoever that right, full, uh, right central defender is. Uh, and Jota or Darwin or Gakpo are going to run onto it, as we saw be Leeds time and again. So, for me... It's be more aggressive in the sense of don't roll over. Let's take some yellow cards. Well, not like take yellow cards. Let's put some tackles in and let's be, you know, not show them the respects that we've shown other teams. But I don't think it means go gung ho and play 50 yards up the pitch and leave space in behind. Uh, I think it means press with the triggers a bit deeper, really. Don't just run around, uh, you know, gung ho. And I think they will uh, we'll come on to team selection, but I think you've got to pack the midfield as well with Alexander-Arnold playing. He played as more of a central midfielder against Leeds. And if we play two in midfield, I think we're going to 
we're going to get murdered. <laughs> so we'll come on to that, actually. Let's talk about team selections uh, quickly as ever. We've uh, put a couple of potential lineups together. I think this one is yours, Mikey, and then we'll talk about that, and then we'll go through temps. I'll just read it out for people who are listening, not watching. So um, Mikey's team. Oh, this, is this, yeah, this is Mikey's team. Sorry. I think it's, yeah, it's Temps's team, I think. Oh, absolutely professional. Right, this is Temps's team, and it's quite similar to mine, so we'll come on to Mikey's second. Apologies for that. Uh, Navas in goal. Uh, this is Temps's. Joe Worrell, Felipe, and Nia Kate across the back. Uh, Williams, Froiler, Danilo, Lodi, and then uh, a three, I think it's a three, Temps can talk about it more, Johnson, Gibbs, White, and a one-year. So just talk us through the thinking there, Temps. Yeah, I, th I think we need to go there and play um, two up top, basically. So this this is not Gibbs, White in the false nine. This is this is Gibbs, White um, slightly deeper getting on the ball and, and not being constrained um, in the manner he was on Saturday by doing that man-to-man -man role on, on Casemiro, because I think um, that that just almost completely took him out of the, the game. Um, Worrell comes back in because this is the team that Forrest actually wanted to pick on Saturday um, before Joe's illness meant that McKenna was a, was a late change. I think it just gives us three um, ball players um, at, at the back that can um, launch attacks and help us to... Um, play out more accurately, get some channel balls to um, to, to to Taiwo, and obviously the wide boys um, Williams and 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 Lottie, um, have a massive role to do doing this in the shape. Must run for it to work, um, and the back three allows us to provide that bit more cover if uh, if they do find themselves in more advanced positions. My fear, and I know that um, Mikey will probably argue for a a back four shortly um, and, and a back four did very well against uh, Palace who, who play a similar shape um, to Liverpool. I think we, we could find ourselves exposed given the manner in which Liverpool um, set up with extremely attacking fullbacks um, and, a, and a front three that, that often start off the left and off the right and put you under severe pressure. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm advocating for the, a similar shape to, to that that we had on uh, uh, the weekend, um, albeit with more freedom for, for Gibbs White, who's kind of relieved of that man-to-man -man, um, defensive duty. I just hope we make better use of the strengths of Tywo and Brennan, um, because for them to be successful, they need early ball. Tywo terrorised Harry Maguire for 10, 15 minutes, but we, we, we didn't make use of that channel, didn't try and get in behind. I think their combination... Um, of uh, pace and uh, and power in, in Taiwo's case could cause them problems, but I, I think we need three central defenders to uh, allow Nico and uh, and Renan to be um, part of the plan moving forward. So um, my my formation is similar. So I, yeah, I think it would be the same shape. Uh, Temps is right when he says about Joe Warrell. He was earmarked to play the last game, but for illness. But I would stick with McKenna personally. I think he didn't do anything wrong um so i don't think i think he deserves to keep his place near kate's left footed but he looked pretty comfortable on the right side there so i don't see a reason to change that back three um the only way i play four personally is if aurier's fit i think he put on instagram uh yeah. at the weekend see you soon which kind of makes you think he might be fit i think steve cooper's doing his press in a couple of hours although steve cooper's 
pre-match injury um, press conferences aren't always 100%. But if if is fit, then I'd be comfortable playing a back four. But in this instance, I, I think I like the three at the back to protect Williams, um, who's done really well as a wing-back, uh, I think, much better than a right-back. Uh, and then the question is, how far up the pitch can you get Williams and Lodi to be an attacking threat and not have it a back five? Because I don't think if you do just go there and pin five at the back, then you, you're going to lose. So uh, I think that's important. Uh, I, Freuler could be Mangala comfortably because he's more athletic. But the thing about Mangala, and I'll probably throw this to you guys later, is he's so inconsistent. Like he was really good against Wolves, and then he scored against Leeds, but got hooked because they obviously didn't like what he was doing, or something was going wrong there. And then in other away games, he'll come on. He doesn't do a lot. Uh, I think he's better at home. So that's a question mark. And I agree about Gibbs White. For me, I think he's got to play a lot as a midfielder and play deeper because uh, you know he wasn't effective against Man United. But I think he can can do a job in midfield. So I think he would be the third player who's. We need energy in there, and I think he does provide that. And then Johnson and Awanyi, I think are actually a really good front pairing for this game, especially Awanyi, because you know Alexander Arnold's going to leave space in behind him. Can Awanyi exploit it and work that channel that we've seen quite effectively from him in away games? So I think he's probably a key man. People in the comments are very negative about this team, but I actually think there's some merit to it i mean we could pick any team and people could write that's a 10 nil defeat on it the way things are going so um let, <laughs> let's see how it goes i'm going to put mikey's team up now because it's uh slightly different and arguing for a back four i think one second uh, i'll just read this out again for people who are listening and then throw it over to mikey uh navas in goal back four Williams, Felipe, Niakati, Lodi, three in midfield, Mangala, Froiler, Danilo, and then the front three of Johnson, Gibbs, White, and Awanyi. Um, you're comfortable playing a back four then, Mikey? You're not too worried about, you know, Williams and the full-backs getting exploited? Well, I, I, kind of, I agree with what you guys are saying around the way Liverpool play, their shape, their full-backs get forward ridiculously. They don't even play as full-backs, do they? they play in the opposition half. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Matt, when you said we're going to have a flat back five if we start with a back five. And I, and I genuinely think that that will happen. So, you know, I, I talked earlier on around getting on the front foot, pushing up the pitch, having a go at them. I don't think you do that with a back five. I think you, you set your stall out. And one of the things I was critical with, on, and I mentioned it on Monday's podcast about the Man U game, is, and I've watched it again since then, we absolutely take 10 steps back when we kick off. And, and I don't know whether that's a mentality thing or the way they're lined up or anything like that. But if we're doing that at home, what the hell are we going to do at Anfield? So I just like to see a setup with positive intent. We know it's going to be hard. We know Navas is going to have to have a hell of a game to try and keep us in it. But let's just say we lose, right? I'd rather lose and come away thinking, do you know what? At least we had a go. At least we had some crosses in the box. At least we had two up front. At least we had we weren't sat on the edge of our own box for 95 minutes. You know, at, at least we tried to be dynamic. And I just think this team sets you up a lot better. You can spend hours and hours looking at a team like Liverpool and their attacking threat. And unless you have 15 players on the pitch, you're never going to stop what they can do. So, like I said, we're at the stage of the season now where not that you ignore what the opposition can do but you have to think about how we're going to score goals how are we going to try and get that first goal in the game 
Because if we do, that fundamentally changes everything. That's what we've been really struggling at for recent weeks is, is getting ahead. And then when we do, on the rare times we do, we sit back so deep and revert back into that back five, we inevitably lose lose a goal and don't win the game. You know, we've not won in 10 games, three points out of 30. We're down to the last half a dozen games or so. Let's just go there and, and have a go. And I, I don't mean to be naive when I say that. You know, this team could easily be two, three, no down after 10 minutes. And it could, but so could a team with a back five as well. And I'm sure if you're an away fan and you've been to a lot of the games this season, and I speak to a lot of people that have those lucrative away tickets, and they tell me all the time, every single week, we just want to have a go. We just want to have some shots at goal. We just want to be more positive, go there and try and get the first goal, try and win the game. And I just think we're at the stage now of the season where the team shape has to reflect the attacking intent. And also you've got to think about the couple of home games that we've got coming up. If we're going to play a back four at home, let's play it on Saturday. Let's get the guys used to it. And I will say also that some of our best results, if not all of our best results this season, have been with that shape. So I see I see no... I do see reasons, but I see no overriding reasons in my head why we should start with a back five, two or three defensive midfielders and a hope for a set piece. I just think that ship has sailed. We've got to be we've got to be attacking. And yes, it brings with it risk, but everything does. It's Liverpool at Anfield. It's going to be really, really hard. Just trying to read some of the comments. I think both of our teams are losing 6-0 by, by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. Unless we have 15 players, there's always going to be risk. But I'm very much in the camp now of Let's go down being aggressive and attacking. And if it doesn't work, then so be it. These these teams are plan C, right? We, we'd all make a case for Serge Aurier and be far more relaxed about the back four if he was there. We all see what Ryan Yates and Czech Koyati bring to this side. We all believed when it happened that Chris Wood and, and, and John Joe would, would improve things and offer something different. So... None of us would have advocated for these lineups or have this debate over shape if it wasn't for the um, the injuries and can I say the missed signings, um, which have affected us so badly this season. But I think with with what's available to us, they are the the two most logical viable options that we have. There's some wild card stuff you could do. Shelby could be given another go. Jesse Lingard. <laughs> could be given another go but I, I think um, Cooper will revert to, to tried and tested and trusted and that the kind of um, players we're seeing in that in that 11 I think there was one change wasn't it you had Mangala over Warren in yours um, McKenna is another player that's clearly got the got the trust this is what's available to us we are not selecting from a broad group of 25 anymore can I also add as well, uh, Matt, that I think where we do agree is having those two up front, John, Johnson and Aaron Ealy, their fullbacks play really high, like I said. So if we're going to break very, very quickly, the space is where they vacated. So it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if we had Gibbs White as a false nine dropping back in to add the extra man in midfield. And then when we break, we break down the wings in the space that they've, they've vacated. So that, to me, sounds like a sensible tactic if I'm honest I don't think we're going to have more than 30% possession I think it'll be like another Man U game where chances will come very few and far between regardless of the formation that we have but when we do have the ball and we break quickly I think they're the areas that we can uh, we can get some joy out of 
Yeah, that's going to be the plan, isn't it? I mean, that's been the plan all season. Get it to Morgan, get him turning, running, hit it into a space for Brennan. I think too often against Man U, it was the ball's on the edge of our box. I'm going to slash it 70 yards somewhere near Brennan and see if he can beat Diego Dallo and not get it into his feet. So, yeah, it needs better execution. I mean, people Morgan Gibbs-White is the interesting one for me. Quite a few people in the comments are saying he should be left out. And I can see some merit to that because, like I said, I would pack the midfield. I still had Morgan in my team. But where are you standing in temps? He's been a bit up and down of late, to be fair. I'd have dragged him on Sunday, potentially. Um, and just just made that demonstration that you know nobody is above uh, being pulled. However, he was against a world class midfield, wasn't he? Um, that combination: Casemiro, Fernandez, um, Ericsson, almost a telepathic link at times between um, uh, Fernandez uh, and Ericsson. But look, that's he's been signed as a franchise player. We've paid circa thirty five, forty million pounds to build a team around him, and we've seen. Um, in flashes this season, why we've done that. He does have exceptional ability on the ball. It hasn't converted into goals and assists, but he's a young player having his first full season in the Premier League. I know that's not what people want to hear for now because we need players for now that are going to affect results. Um, he stays in the 11. He's definitely in our best 11, but I think it's it's fair for us to be critical of his output on Sunday um, because it, it fell short of the standards that we expect from him. And he wasn't effective in that game, even if he was um, keeping Casemiro in his sights for, for long, long periods of time. It didn't matter. Casemiro was relatively anonymous in the game. Fernandez, Fernandez stepped up. We need to make a plan for Morgan Gibbs-White about how we get the best out of him when we're in possession, which is, for me, um, balls going through him, um, not bypassing him as they were when um, John Joe Shelby uh, was, was in there. But we rely on him... Um, in, in quite an extreme manner creatively because we see a little bit of it from Danilo and absolutely none of it from, from Remo Freuler. I think um, Freuler was, was for me, unimpressive against Man United. He doesn't bring any real physical attribute. Um, he's organised, he's just disciplined, he, he runs and he um, positions himself um, well. But in relative terms, he's, he's not a game-breaker. He doesn't launch attacks. Um, he doesn't help us as much in possession as he does organisers out of possession. Morgan Gibbs-White is far more important to this team um, than, than he is. And I think he is a slightly defensive selection in so much as he, he's never going to go to pieces. Is he? Never, he ne his game never falls apart. When Morgan Gibbs-White doesn't get the ball, um, he's, he, he's seen as having had a had a bad game, but he's he's a player that will always try things. Um he's found it tough the last last few weeks, but there's there's no alternative that can bring to the table what he brings at this moment in time. The thing about him as well, Mikey, is and he hasn't done this the last two away games, is he can retain possession in tight spaces. Against Leeds, he lost it every time and he struggled against Man United. If he can rediscover that form where you get it to him and he played he played that little one two with Danilo against United, which was one of our really few bright moments. We need if we can see more of that from him, then he is a he, you know, you, you do have to pick him, don't you? Uh yeah, I think you do. It, but he has struggled for a few weeks now. 
I, I think you know the, the last time I was on here before before Monday, we were talking about how his form's dipped a little bit, and it's no coincidence we've not won for a few months for ten games. So, yeah, I, I struggled to see who the alternative is. I didn't like the substitution on um, Sunday for the last three minutes with getting Jesse Lingard on. I didn't like that for numerous reasons. Um, I think I would have pulled Gibbs White maybe even at half time if I was honest, but certainly halfway through the second half. Um, but I think for the Liverpool game looking forwards, yeah, I think he has to start. But what, what I, again, what I didn't like against the Man United uh, team on, on Sunday was Gibbs White spent all day running around after Casemiro. And so, one, he's knackered when he gets the ball. And two, you can't get him in any positions because when we turn over, we don't keep the ball for more than five or ten seconds. It's literally get it forward as quick as possible. And Gibbs White wasn't in the area to influence the game. So it's happened every single time we've played Man United that I've seen. And what I don't want to see is him do the same to Thiago, for example, or Fabinho, and just run around after him. So for the five seconds we do get the ball, he's on the left wing or he's, or he's knackered because he's just done a sprint. You've got, to, you've got to try and get your best players in key areas for the minimal time that you've got the football. And if that, which is why I'm, in my formation, I played Gibbs White kind of up front on his own with Awani breaking one side and Johnson the other. So that when we do get it, he might have a pocket of space to turn and he might have options right and left. He's just, he's struggling, as is the whole team at the moment. But I don't think the answer is to remove him from the team. I think the answer is to try and get him on the ball in positions where he can influence. You know, if you're going to do a man marking job on somebody, don't use your best creative player. I never understood that whatsoever. Didn't make any sense to me. I, I don't want to see it on Saturday either. So, yeah, keep him in the team. But get him up, get him up the pitch for me. Get him up the pitch quickly. Um, and not, not give him a free roll because I don't think we can we can afford that. But just say to him, drop back in if they have if they have the ball, of course, but don't follow players around. So therefore you're not effective when you get the ball. There's just a bit of bit of frustration from me. And in terms of alternatives as well, I mean, what is the alternative? Three minutes of Jesse Lingard, just just a nothing substitution. So yeah, you you have to start him. I never thought I'd say this, but I also see a bit of a role for Dennis, actually, to be honest. I think um, he's done all right. I'm going to change my opinion a little bit. I was highly critical of him when he first came in the team. But last couple of times, I think he's done all right. So he could be an option far, far ahead of Jesse Lingard for me. So I think if things aren't working, maybe Dennis try and do something. Because one thing he can do is, is, is break a play open and beat a man. And that, that's my, that might be what we need, I think. I mean, I'm going to make a left field case for someone. I think a few people have mentioned it in the comments. I saw Lloyd make it. What about repeating the tactics against Man City of the four-man midfield with Jack Colback in there to disrupt and get around? And then maybe Gibbs White retains a bit more energy. It is, I don't know if that would work, Temps, because Liverpool and Man City play differently. But is there some merit? And I mean, I, I've said repeatedly, pack the midfield. This would really be doing, he played what, 4 2 2 2 yeah, I think that's it. My math is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a good servant Jack Colback's been. I think that the commenter is uh, is valid. Um, never lets us down. Anniversary yesterday of of the the goal of the season for me last year when he's swazzed it in from the from the left corner. I think he's been a great servant for Forest, and he's um, he's underrated. And when he's come into the team, he's, he's drifted out because, you know, big guns have come back and taken the place. I think it'd be unlikely. I think parachuting someone in who's had no minutes in the previous week 
um, is not generally Steve Cooper's um, style. I certainly agree with Mikey and advocate for Emmanuel Dennis over uh, over, over Jesse Lingard. Um, I think probably within Forest and, and outside, we're all a little bit perplexed as to why Ayu found himself past um, Sam Surridge for such a long period of time. That seems to have re- reversed, um, given the, the sequence of substitutions on, on Sunday. Um, the shape against Man City uh, allowed us to compete and draw a game one or which we might have been expected to lose. The weakness in the shape was wide, wide men walking onto our fullbacks. Mm. Mo Salah's one of those wide men this weekend. And if we do go with that back four, sorry to, to, to um, reopen this debate, we're going to have Mo Salah walking onto our fullback. And I think that's literally the, the last thing that we, we need. Engage them further up the pitch. Um, yes, start off relatively deep and compact, um, but we, we need to find a way to disrupt what they do out wide because I think when they're on song, they're the very, the very best in the Premier League at doing it. However, they followed that 7-0 win against Man United up with a 1-0 defeat against Bournemouth, who lived with scraps, um, 30% possession, and managed to, to, to burgle a 1-0. I know Salah missed a penalty in, the, in, in that game as well. Um, we've, got a, we've got a score to beat them, obviously. And to do that, we need to take, take some chances, ride our luck. I just don't think he's going to make wild card selections of players that haven't been involved for the last couple of weeks. So... Whilst I rate Jack Colback extremely highly, I don't think he's involved with the weekend. So basically, we spent 30 minutes all making different pitches and the conclusion is there's a very good chance we're going to lose no matter what. But that's OK. You never know. There's no point playing if we all you know, thought that was definitely the case and it was all played on paper. So hopefully Forrest can go there and put a performance in and get something because we'll just have a quick chat about the other fixtures down at the bottom and get a few takes on these. Uh, the Friday night game, quite usefully, is Arsenal v Southampton. So you would hope that will be another nail in Southampton's coffin. Then Saturday, the early game, is Fulham v Leeds. So again, hopefully Fulham win that. Crystal Palace versus Everton. Uh, Leicester versus Wolves. And uh, I'll say Bournemouth v West Ham, but those teams are looking pretty safe. Mikey worries there that teams are going to pick up points uh, and you know consign us further into the bottom three. Yeah, potentially. But I, again, I, I just think it's not, not that we don't worry about other teams, but we are definitely going down unless we become more aggressive and assertive in games, regardless of what goes off on, on other fixtures. So for me, I think Southampton are pretty much gone. If you look, if you look at their running and their form, it's not great. Um, <clears throat> so I'd, I'd expect them to be out of the conversation the next week or two, to be honest. The others almost play each other. So they are mm. going to pick up points. That's one way of looking at it. <clears throat> or you can look at it and thinking, well, they can't all pick up points. But I guess <clears throat> is that sporting energy. You've got to look after yourself. You've got to look after your own performance and your own performance levels. And for me, that starts on Saturday and it has to. So I think you'll always get surprises as well. You know, the running last six, seven games in the championship when we're in there were absolutely mental. So you had the bottom of the league beat the top of the league. You had crazy results. Um, you will get a bit of that in the Premier League, maybe to not that extent. So I don't think we can look at these fixtures and say, definitively they will beat them or they they won't beat them for example but what i do know is we've got to start winning some games and you know we, we had the debate before we we came on around how many 
wins we think we'll need. I think we need three. I know you guys maybe think we can get away with a lot less than that. Um, but again, it's levels of performance as well. So even if we get beat by Liverpool this weekend, I want to see a positive performance because when we go to, uh, when, when we're at home to Brighton on, on the Wednesday, I think it's next, isn't it? Um, mm. Even if we've come off the back of a defeat, but we've we've all seen, you know, oh, we're pressing a little bit higher. We're, we're being a bit more aggressive. There'll be that buzz around the ground. Right, let's take this to a home game. Let's see what we can do. Brighton are an amazing team, by the way. Really good football team. So we're going to need to have a high level of performance right from the start of that game. But I just don't think we can worry about other other fixtures. It, it is what it is, as a once ex-football manager once said. Um, but I do think we do need two or three wins at least. So, you know, we've got to be positive and go there. Don't go to Anfield and get your tummy tickled. It's, it's kind of my overarching message. Go there and have a go. And if it doesn't work out, well, it's Liverpool away, isn't it? That's yeah, my, that's I, I, I agree. Um, to me, go there and put a performance. My view of a performance might be different to yours in terms of you, you sound a bit more gung-ho than me. Mine is don't yeah. show them respect, be organised. What did Warnock say? Let's enjoy it, but let's enjoy it by being effing or disciplined. Let's have a bit of a Warnock performance, I think, for, for me, will be okay. This one. And then it starts next week, again, uh, next week on Wednesday against Brighton. I think that's where we're going to start Touchwood picking up the points we need to. Although I agree, Brighton are, uh, you know, a, an elite team this season and it, and it won't be easy. What are you feeling about the weekend's temps? Well, like you, you don't see many 16 to 1 price tags on two horse races. And that's the odds that the bookies have got for Forest to beat Liverpool and also for Southampton to beat Arsenal, respectively. So, my maths a tenner on a Southampton Forest double will earn you £2,560. Seems unlikely. For me, six points from that sequence of um, Brightford. Sorry, Brightford, Brighton, uh, Brentford, and who do we play after that? Southampton. Southampton. Six points from those three games, or I fear relegation is uh, is all but confirmed. I don't think that's impossible. the The manner in which we beat Southampton away, the the form um, that they've found themselves in uh, since that point suggests that we can be more than a match for them in that game. We need to find a way to get three points from from Brentford or Brighton. If we get six from nine there, I think we'll do it. I think we'll go to Palace on the final day and um, get what we need to stay up. Seven points may well be enough. Um, I don't see us getting anything from Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. So that's that's my route to survival. However, fluff our lines against Brightford. Why do I keep saying Brighton? Brightford. <laughs> Brighton, Brentford. <laughs> need some more raspberries, mate. No, raspberries raspberries gone to your head. Brighton, Brentford and Southampton. Um, that that would be curtains for um, for Forest in terms of survival. No, I think you're right. I don't. I think um, just summing up. I do feel like this Liverpool game is not expecting a result, hoping for a performance that tees you up for Brightford. Um, Brent, <laughs> that was deliberate. I'm surprised right? I'm not getting caned in the comments for this. You probably will be. You will Develop, developed a speech impediment in the last ten minutes. I do see as Lloyd Lloyd says in the comments, Brentford's winnable. I mean, on paper, it, it is winnable because I think they're they're mid-table and they do seem like they're on the slide. See how they go against Villa. Obviously, a very good team, but they've kind of achieved their objectives for the season. So, trouble is, it's Forest and it's away. I just think they have to 
have to beat yeah beat Brighton, and that sets them up for this Brentford game. Brightford's in the comments finally. It goes back to my point, Matt. Exactly what you just said. It's Forest away. And that's what I keep trying to get across. So the view is we're crap away from home. We play too defensive. We don't have a go. That's what I'm saying. We need to change it so that even if it doesn't work this weekend, when we go to Bradford or wherever they go, um, and Crystal Palace, we are now in that mindset of actually we are going to have a go. We, you know, we do, we do press high. This is what we do now. You know, we've, we've, we've been that off. It, had, it hasn't worked. We've got five points all season. Absolutely rubbish or however many it is. Five goals, I think. Absolutely terrible. Worst away record in the UK. It hasn't worked. Got to try something different. Seven games left. You know, the clock is ticking. We can't go there and just part the bus. We've got to, we've got to do something different. That's what I'm advocating for. Have a go. If it doesn't work, fine. But that, let's not go down and think, oh, do you know what? We really should have had a go at Liverpool. Or what would have happened if we would have played three up front? You know, we don't need to be reckless like Leeds and go back to front and make it a basketball game. That's very, very different. But I do want to see us be more on the front four, and that's all I'm asking for. I think I'm asking for as well. I don't. To me, have a go can be more than get it to Brennan Johnson. I think it needs there needs to be an alternative attacking plan, which I think might be get the wing backs higher if they play wing backs and, and you know try and get Nico Williams overlapping a couple of times. Get Lodi a bit higher up the pitch. Trust Niakate if he does play at left side to go one on one v Mo Salah, and that's where you take the risk for me. I think, right? You know, rather than like you say, it can't be a it can't be a shootout. It can't be a basketball game. You're gonna get you're gonna get annihilated. So I, I think yeah, try. I, I would pack the midfield more, but you've got to pass the ball better. How many times against United did we see? The right side, the right sided full, you know, the right wing back or the person who was deep lying, get the ball on the edge of the box instead of looking for a pass, just leather it up to Brennan. And I think that's a that's a sign of a team with like not many, not no confidence, obviously. So you know, try and try and go about it a different way. Uh, any last words, Temps? Anything you want to plug, like a certain food festival that's coming up? I've made my peace with Frank Clark. I thought I mentioned that with uh, with 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 you guys. So yeah, Frank Clark's uh, kindly volunteered to uh, attend Trent Bridge for a um, uh, a benefit deal with, with with Luke Fletcher, who's been rewarded for 15 years of great service to the club. So yeah, I'll remind him of the podcast in which he barely let me get a word in, um, but he's he's well worth listening to, and his service to Forest as a you know player chairman manager is second to none so um yeah i do have a food festival on the 30th of april come along if you fancy it i'm going to go away and learn the names of all 20 premier league teams so i don't embarrass myself on your podcast again anytime soon have you seen what the video of the the frank clark, clark supercut of that podcast have you got it anywhere i can do yeah it i have yeah yeah I'll, I'll forward it to you i'll let you whack that on twitter remind other people twitter. of what i'm talking about but yeah essentially frank's a lovely man i think he just struggled to hear a little bit when you were directing questions to me and uh, and didn't let me get a word in, but I'm I'm sure it's down to uh, uh, a bit of hearing loss rather than a, any kind of rudeness or desire to uh, to shut me down. But um, yeah, all is forgiven. Thank you, Frank. Look forward to seeing you over for a for a beer at Trent Bridge. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Let me uh, let me speak at least for ten percent of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly wasn't malice, but it was funny that I kept saying Michael, Michael. I, I'll show you if I'll put the video on, but Frank, yeah. Didn't seem to hear that. This was from there quite early in last. Or was it? Quite, it was quite. 
quite early last season, I think. Um, so not so many people have seen it as watch us now. Uh, Mikey, any last words from you? A uh, couple of things. Greg Oram in the comments thinks my team's going to lose 9-0. It might. <laughs> it may well do, to be honest. Uh, we shall see. Um, the only thing I was going to say is tonight I'm going to a... Um, it's a charity do at the South Bank in town with the class of 96. So the last team that was in Europe, um, I think people like Cooper and Chettle and Steve Stone and people like that are going to be there. So if anybody's going, come and say hello. But that should be a really good night it's for, for a really good cause as well. There's going to be things raffled off and stuff. And I love doing things like that and reminiscing about, you know, when we used to go away and beat teams. I'm just being facetious now. But, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to that and, um Hopefully, let's let's uh, go to Liverpool and put on a positive performance to set us up for those home games, and that's the key. I think Thames is right. You know, probably going to lose to Liverpool, but if we have that positive performance, the Southampton, Brentford home games, uh, Brighton, I'm getting it wrong now. Brighton, Southampton home games seem less daunting if we're playing in a way which which makes you think we can score some goals, and that's what we're going to need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks very much to everyone who's watched along. Uh, very much appreciated. Comments appreciated as ever. Do like, subscribe, spread the word. I'm off to scout Brightford, see how they're set up for the run-in themselves. Temp, thank you very much. Do one, Matt. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, you better be. You're back on Monday, so I need you to be interested. See you Monday, Mike. mate. <laughs> Mikey, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks, Temps. Uh, as I said, we shall see you Monday, myself, Temps and uh, other guests to be confirmed. So uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy the Liverpool game and we shall see you soon.